Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? On this week's episode, I am going to talk with you about the Hermit and the Hierophant, two different major arcana cards that I have been energetically experiencing in the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to explore my own emotional inclination towards living in the Hermit as well as this desire and drive that I've been feeling for sacred community with um, the Hierophant and my real own relationship to kind of emotional or spiritual authority. It was the summer of my eighth grade year, so I would have been about 14 years old, and I was in eastern Washington. My family the year before had moved from the Seattle area to eastern Washington, and so this was my first summertime experience in Yakima as somebody who was living there. Now, if you haven't been to eastern Washington, it is very different than the Seattle area, not just in um, climate um, as far as... Well, most people, when they think about Washington State, they think about Seattle, where it has, you know, fir trees, it's really green, there's a lot of gray skies, and there, you know, it's pretty notorious for raining, though there's actual factual evidence that it doesn't rain as much in Seattle as many other places in the country. Eastern Washington, on the other hand, is hot and dry in the summertime and cold and dry in the wintertime, meaning it gets a lot of snow and in the summer it can get up to about 110 degrees, sagebrush grows, um, apple trees, it is a very much agricultural landscape. So one of the things that we did in order to stay cool was to go to the city pool. So there was an outdoor pool with a water slide. And I remember inviting my best friend from Seattle, the one that I had left, over to visit me in um, Yakima. And so we would spend um, the day hanging out at the city pool and reading fashion magazines. So it wasn't until I was in eighth grade that I actually began or was introduced to fashion magazines like Seventeen and YM. So I've been thinking about this um, in the last couple of weeks because one of the things that I loved about magazines growing up were the sections that had different quizzes. So it would be like, find your blah, blah, blah personality or what kind of blah, blah, blah. And from that early age, I was really obsessed with 
being able to put into words and label myself, categorize myself, and be able to share with other people these aspects of my personality that I found really challenging to put into words otherwise. I have not lost that love of categorizing, classifying, while I hold it pretty loosely, um, knowing that my personality can change based on the situation, whatever I'm doing, who I'm with, um, and has and I've seen different evolutions of my own um, personality, my way of being in the world since I was a teenager. But it's something that I've still hung on to is an exploration and a, a desire to be able to share with others my experience and the way I see things. And it is something that I like to share with my students as well. So in my class, we do a range of personality tests and things. Some are more scientifically based than others, but all under the guise of regardless of whether they're scientific or not, trying to be able to explain our way of being in the world. So I've been thinking about this and how it relates to tarot because I as, let's just say, my Myers-Briggs type is INFJ. So that means I'm introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. Judging does not mean judgmental. It means I like things decided and set and routine and structured, which I would say is a little bit of the emperor energy. I have been feeling caught between two tarot cards. Now, when I originally came to tarot, before it was labeled tarot for me as archetypes, one of my major archetypes that has that has stuck out and stuck with me for my whole life is the hermit. So if you think about the traditional Ryder Smith weight deck. The hermit is a cloaked figure holding a lantern. The lantern is kind of like beaming this this glowing yellow light out. And the hermit is a pretty solitary figure, right? And I have identified with that energy since I was a child. Even though I had friends and I could be social, as an INFJ, often people think that I'm extroverted because I'm the social introvert. It's something that even my husband teases me about because I have a lot of friends and I, and I remind him that I actually enjoy people a heck of a lot, but I really like it in one-on-one -on -one situations or small groups that large groups kind of tend to overwhelm me. So... As an introvert, I really resonated with the hermit energy and this sort of going off into an exploration, holding the lantern and kind of doing my own exploratory path. When I was in college, I used to tell people that I was going to move to Montana and have a dog named Bear and just have a shotgun and kind of just be in this place, um, a cabin in the woods. Now, knowing my, my friend Sam lives in Montana on a ranch, I probably wouldn't do great with that isolation. But at the time when I was trying to really figure out who I was and where I, where I stood in the world, it was very tempting for me to kind of just run away and go and search for myself and be alone with myself because I knew that I could rely on myself and that I was never going to give up on me and who I was. That was something that I felt very strongly about. People 
that come into my life are wild cards. They might come, they might go, they might stay for a while, they might leave me. There's a lot of different things that go through my mind, but I know pretty solidly who I am. So this hermit card, this this tendency towards um, inner reflection, going on my own sort of journey of self-discovery, kind of taking that lamp and going out by myself. This has resulted in there's been times where I have gone on little retreats by myself. In college, I would go to Mount Rainier um, and go camping. I love car car trips by myself, um, even if it's just for a couple of hours. But I have children. And so I have a six and a half year old and a two and a half year old. And often this hermit energy is not easily able to be expressed or experienced in my life as I drive to and from daycare and to and from swimming lessons and camps, especially in the summer since I am not um, working. I go back to teaching in September. So this hermit energy, this desire for me to kind of do it alone, um, almost in its shadow aspect, that kind of like rugged individualism that America has, you know, been so kind of touting as this like, yeah, bootstraps mentality, right? I want to be alone, like to do things alone, rely on myself, not rely on others. I've titled this episode, The Hermit and the Hierophant, because one of the things that keeps spiraling and circling back around for me as an energy that I need to explore is my relationship to the Hierophant tarot card. I feel very secure and comfortable with the Hermit energy. That is something like, you know, your favorite pair of sweats that you just slip on and you're like, yeah, they're so comfy. They're not maybe washed all the time. It's just like, oh, this is perfect. The Hierophant, on the other hand, which used to be called the Pope card in the original tarot deck, and Hierophant is um, an image of a figure kind of looking straight at the camera, holding one hand up, um, has a pretty like Pope-like hat, head garment, um, a staff um, that kind of reminds me of, and I haven't done a lot of research on whether this was like Orthodox um, or Roman Catholic um, symbolism. The staff, for some reason, reminds me of like a Greek Orthodox cross, um, but I haven't done any like research on whether that is actually um, where it originated from. So this like Pope image, and there's, you know, some people below, and it is all about sacred knowledge, wisdom, kind of the authority. So the church authority or the outside religious experience authority, the authority that comes from um, somebody outside yourself, right? So this energy is something that I've struggled with, with my own experience. In certain times, I have given up a lot of my own power to an authority above me um, and then, you know, taken it back when I realized that that was not um, something that I continued to believe in or the power was being misused in some way. So I, so I feel caught between the hermit energy and the hierophant energy in this current moment in my life. So a couple of weeks ago, I went out of my comfort zone 
Because see, my comfort zone is to try to do things all alone, right? And let's say just using in the tarot example, I want to do it on my own. I want to just sit with my cards and I don't even really want to read the guidebook sometimes. I just want to sit with the cards and be intuitive. But then there's this part of me that is this kind of like deep well that wants to, um, or, or maybe not a well, a deep hunger that wants to hear from others, to have community, to think about what is the lineage and where where does this intuitive wisdom and what are some of the keywords and definitions and other ways that people have experienced these cards over the, the hundreds of years that they have been around and continuing even further back because I believe that the energy and the experience of the tarot cards transcends even beyond just the, the time that the cards have actually existed. So the Hierophant idea, as I've been exploring it, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago now, um, I had the privilege of being on the live um, workshop for Lindsay Mack, Tarot for the Wild Soul, um, Tarot and Trauma Workshop. And as a, somebody who has a background in um, mental health counseling, and I have a lot of experience working with people with different forms of trauma and um, crises that are going on in their life, I was really excited to be able to um, take a class, a workshop, kind of dip my toe into the world of structured tarot learning or more structured than just my own um, dabbling, reading, um, kind of sometimes half-heartedly Googling things. Or, you know, I do listen to different tarot podcasts. But to actually say, this is a class I want to take with somebody who's facilitating, with somebody who has a little bit more authority in this, not because I'm giving up any of my autonomy or my own experience, but because she's been doing it for a while and she leads these um, workshops. Well, I had a great experience with that. And so great that I'm actually, I have just signed up to do the eight week course with her that starts in September. And I'm really excited and also petrified because there is this experience that happens for me when I am a part of a community. It is actually sometimes very challenging for me to kind of let myself be accepted by a community, especially when it feels like there is some hierarchy. Um, and I know that the way the workshops and the way that Lindsay teaches is non-hierarchical. And yet inherent in the experience of being in a workshop with somebody who is leading the workshop, there is a little bit of hierarchy. It's something that I talk with my students about actually, because the way that I lead my class is that I am not an expert in all of these things. And we try to create community. And yet I also tell them, as much as I try to be a part of your community and I do the assignments with you that um, that I assign to kind of keep my um, finger on the pulse of what I'm what I'm asking my students to do in a way I'm engaging with the material, even that at the end of the day, I still am also standing on the other side of the desk. 
that I cannot be a 20 year old. I am in my mid thirties and I've experienced education. I have life experience that is different than my students. And so there's that straddling of the both and of being a part of the community and also being um, separate from the community existing at the same time. It reminds me of my experience with the church. So having grown up in the church um, and experiencing all sorts of manner of um, authority and the way that was used and shaped in my own experience of authority and the people being in authority experience probably of me, my own experience of being somebody, an ambassador, a, a mini hierophant of the sacred knowledge to others. Um, it was actually several years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago, um, when we when we started attending this church that we go to pretty regularly here in the Seattle area. But it was after my son was born, um, my oldest, he's six and a half. So it was after that, so maybe five years ago now, where I felt like I actually belonged in this space, not because I believe the same thing that everyone does, because um, that's certainly not the case. <laughs> I would say that even um, that in the church, I'm probably pretty fringe still, even though they accept and love me. Um, but this idea of letting myself be loved and a part of a community and safe and accepted um, when the personality of that community feels like very hierophant energy. Does that make sense? So I struggle with these two paths and letting the paths coexist and merge at the same time, having the hermit path of wanting to explore and read and research and kind of go off into the wilderness of my own. And then having this, like, there are, um, sacred truths and people who have more experience um, and have things that I can learn from and be a part of. Um, and, and holding those two tensions together is something that I've really been kind of noticing inside me. I really actually, um, I really draw the Hierophant card in doing my own personal readings. Hermit comes up, um, but I've, I don't think I have drawn the Hierophant in quite a while, but it has just been something that has been um, swirling around in my mind. In my favorite Shadowscapes deck, the Hierophant is um, this old wise tree. Um, kind of looks like um, something out of, you know, a Tolkien, Middle Earth um, fairy tale. And that idea of kind of tapping into the community, the wisdom of plants, um, these kind of ancient knowledge and wisdom um, holders is something that I've been exploring this year with um, April Graham. And she is, she is of the woods on Instagram. And she has this demystifying your medicine coven. So trying to kind of bring into community that sacred knowledge, that secret wisdom, um, but still by 
breaking down um, the hierarchy, the needing to pay a lot of money to get these trainings to kind of try to make it accessible. And so I really like that and I really like Lindsay Mack's way of leading the workshops. And I really like my um, churches, my pastor's way of kind of taking that hierophant energy and still holding space for the community and the secret knowledge um, and experience and wisdom that comes from holding a particular tradition while also not having it be um, performative and not having it be um, something that I can't access in a community. I don't just come and have the information dumped on me, that it's a process. And I really like that kind of give and take of the hermit energy and the hierophant energy right now in this moment and how they're kind of sifting through my body. So I would love to hear from you. Are you more of a, of a hermit? Are you more of a hierophant if you had to pick one? Or how are you blending those two energies? Does it make sense, the, the drive to internally go for something while also wanting it to be um, not given, but like transmuted and shared from um, an authority? And how do you wrestle with that information being come to you? Do you go it alone? Do you like it in community? Do you like it to come from a teacher? One of the things that when I talk with my students about like study skills is that I love talking. <laughs> but when I um, am a student, I really actually like reading and writing, writing things down. I learned best through lecture and taking notes, especially in certain subjects. And yet as a teacher, you know, I'll, I'll talk and I'll do lecture, but I actually make my students do more experiential pieces. And that was always something that really was a struggle for me as a student was being in groups and having that like community is such a challenging thing to create. So I'd be curious to hear where you are on that spectrum between those two tarot cards and what your relationship with them is. So reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at leorisingtarot or send me an email leorisingtarot at gmail.com. Would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. I'll talk with you guys soon. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.